0: Welcome to the college football rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we are into week one of college football season. Plenty of games. 57 to be exact. 57 games on Saturday. There's there's games playing. There's games I played yesterday. There's games playing tonight. We have a full slate of college football games for uh, this weekend. It's awesome. How about it, well, Walt?
1: I'm excited, Woj. It's Christmas time, baby. Santa's coming. I hear the reindeer. I hear the roof. Everyone's up there. It's Christmas time.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. couple games coming up this uh, week with just to highlight uh, on the roster is uh, game day, Oregon versus Auburn. That's 7.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Playing a little neutral field down in uh, AT&T Stadium in Texas, the, the home of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Well, you already
1: got your times mixed up. It's at 6.30. I'm excited for it. I'm going to have dinner on the table before we watch it, but it's going to be a good game for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm hoping Oregon can kind of show up. They haven't showed up for the last couple of years. they they're got a pretty decent ranking this year, but we'll see what they can do the uh, the big stage here against an SEC team uh, with a quarterback that I have and some invested interest in in Bo Nix. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Oregon is getting three and a half in that contest, and the over/unders at 56. What What are your thoughts in that game, Wall?
1: I'm I'm thinking it's going to be the best game of the week. Um, no questions asked, in my opinion. I, I'm really excited to see SEC versus Pac-12. Obviously, everyone thinks the SEC is the conference. Pac-12 might show them a little something,
0: especially with those athletes from Oregon. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. Next up, we got Houston, Oklahoma. That is a a Sunday, I think it's Sunday night game, yeah. Sunday at 6:30 p.m. Central on ABC. We so we're gonna have a Sunday game here, which is nice. Is that the only game on Sunday, I believe? Uh, Oklahoma giving 23. This is gonna be a a pretty offensive contest, right, Well Oh, it's definitely offensive minded.
1: They got the spread at 79 and a half. It's dropped a little bit from where it opened at 82 and a half. So you're going to see some slinging, Woj. It's going to be quarterback via quarterback, throwing the ball downfield.
0: Yeah, Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma and uh, D. King for for Houston, too, probably top runners in Heisman race. I mean, there's a few other in there, too, but they're right off the bat going to be great quarterbacks. So it'll be a what I'll say is I'll quote a clown fiesta of offensive play right there for sure.
1: It'll be great, Woj. It'll be great. But Wisconsin at South Florida. How about that game, Woj? I'm really excited for that one. I can't believe Wisconsin is traveling to South Florida to play this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's surprising, isn't it? Well, usually it's the other way around, especially early in the season. These Big Ten teams or Big SEC teams, Pac-12 teams are paying the small dogs that come to their place. No,
1: not Wisconsin. They're not afraid to play anyone, anywhere. You give them the invite, they're going to come in there. They're going to put your face in the mud. They're going to throw you down. I'm I'm really excited to see the Big Ten taking the initiative and playing South Florida because, as we know, no one's really wanted to play South Florida, so we get to see what they're made of first week of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't been a terrible team either, so but we'll see how they go. It's Friday tonight at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Wisconsin's giving 11 and a half. And the over/unders at fifty-seven and a half, which for a Wisconsin game, I feels like pretty high,
1: right? It does. I mean, I I haven't seen. I don't know. Maybe they're giving um, Taylor a little bit of uh, respect here by putting the spread so high. But I haven't seen that spread that high on a Wisconsin game. They they like to chew up the clock, so it may. It's kind of shocking that it is at fifty-seven and a half
0: for sure. And then uh, again, full slate of games all weekend long. Uh, we had some games yesterday, some games tonight, games Saturday. We have a game on Sunday, and I believe there's even some games on Monday. So plenty of football to watch. Daily Fantasy. Kind of want to run you guys through this week on how I draft and why I draft on certain places and websites. There's so many websites out there. The big dogs are DraftKings, FanDuel, and head to head which is a newer one. I basically just use DraftKings. It's what I started with. I know the point system really well. I know their draft system really well. It's just what I'm comfortable with. So their system is the just their classic draft is a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, which can be a running back or a wide receiver, and a super flex, which is anything uh, that can be a quarterback, anything. Um, anything except for defense. I know wall would probably like to to draft a defensive guy in the team, but they they don't score any points, wall.
1: What? you can't draft a defensive tackle?
0: No, no, no defensive tackles. No defensive oh tackles. God. Hey, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd like to put offensive tackles on there because I love Iowa. And Iowa offensive tackles are, are about as good as they get.
1: Yeah, you can get points for a pancake or something. It makes sense to me anyways.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool if they, they one week came out with, uh, you know, all of the non-star players. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but basically, it's an eight-player draft there's a salary of $50,000. So you start with a salary of 50,000, you have to stay at or under that 50,000. So the average salary for every player on your team then, if you just went straight down the line, would be 6,250. DraftKings sets these salaries and everybody picks from the same pool. So it's a fair game. Like for an example, this Saturday there's a 10 game and an eight game. So there's 10 games they put into a package. So 10 college football teams or games. So 20 football teams. That's the Saturday earlier games. And there's eight games later in the day that they're going to do a separate contest for. And once they do that, they set all of the salaries for all the players in those games. And again, everybody picks in the same pool. So it's very fair. Like, for instance, in the 10-game lineup for the Saturday, Tung Ola Voa, I, I say that name wrong every single time, but you guys <laughs> get go the picture. It's Al- yeah. such Alabama's quarterback. He's the most expensive at 9,200. Um, so again, you have 50 K that's your ceiling. So if you draft, you can't draft all of the top dogs and it kind of protects it against that. It forces you not to draft all the top dogs. You have to find some sleepers or you need to just draft very average, which usually doesn't work very well. But, Again, finding some sleepers or find a screw-up in DraftKings salaries. Like, they set their money usually – they set their salaries usually on Mondays, and the depth charts can change from Monday to to Saturdays or whenever they play on the weekends. Like – perfect example of of that is one of the players I like this week is Kellen Robinson from Alabama. He's a running back, true freshman. He's three thousand, which is the minimal amount of money. That's they everybody starts at three thousand and moves their way up from there. So he's three thousand on DraftKings. And there was I don't know if you guys heard, but there were suspensions this week to Alabama for missing a function during football camp. So they'll miss the first half of the game, and two of those people are their number one and two running backs, Nijay Harris and Brian Robinson. So it's going to give Kellen Robinson, this true freshman, comes out of nowhere. Saban said he's got the juice, whatever that means. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. He's going to get a chance. I mean, say, Saban saying something like that is just weird. But I mean, <laughs> <is. he>
1: <laughs> You got me laughing. Saban <laughs> saying he's got the juice. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard that about a player from Saban before. His team or somebody. Yeah. Like. Uh,
0: I didn't know if he meant he's like on steroids or what he was talking about, but nevertheless, uh, Saban also went on to say that he's got explosive speed. He's an edge runner. He's a little different than all the other traditional uh, Alabama running backs uh, and that he's not very big. He's more of the edge guy, more of that, you know, streaker, the explosive speed. So big play kind of guy. The other thing here is, so with those two top running backs gone, there leaves three running backs for Alabama. the number Jerome Ford, which is one of those guys, is dealing with an ankle issue and won't even play. So the only two running backs that they're going to have is Shadarius Townsend and Kellen Robinson. So I'm hoping that he gets a lot of carries here. We'll see how it goes. Kellen Robinson is definitely the better running back than Shadarius Townsend. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, I'm looking forward to watch that just to see how it plays out. Uh, they are playing, excuse me, Duke. So we'll see if Duke kind of, you know, keeps it tight within the first half, and then they get those guys back for the second half, and then it all goes to hell in my plan. But we'll see what happens. I mean, if they can route him in the first half, Kellen Robinson will probably just play the whole game, uh, which would be amazing. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Another guy I want to look at is Justin Fields from Ohio State. He's 9,000, second most expensive player. But it might be worth it. And here's what I'll say. You know, Wall will probably agree that he's untested. But they're playing Florida Atlantic. By the way, Wall, who's the coach at Florida Atlantic? Lane Kiffin,
1: my man from USC, took a demotion. Now he's coaching over there.
0: Yeah, he worked with uh, Nick Saban over there for a while. I remember those two used to battle it out on the sidelines. It was awesome watching Alabama games because Saban would just yell at Lane Kiffin constantly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not that uh, offensive coordinators last long there anyways, but that was not going to last long in that combination.
0: No, but Lane Kiffin went to Florida Atlantic. He coached up a pretty good team. They they have a big game every year. They played Oklahoma first game last year, playing Ohio State first game this year. Uh, we'll see how they go. The, he likes to pass the ball a lot. Um, so if Florida Atlantic can keep it kind of tight in the first half, Justin Fields definitely stays in the whole game, get a lot of points. So we'll see. I, I'm hoping a th- I'm thinking a lot of touchdowns in that game. Uh, they're they're going to work the kinks out. The new coach at Ohio state, new quarterback, probably <laughs> a new system. They're going to be passing it a lot.
1: Hey, day over there. We're going to see what he can bring. I know that uh, he's been coaching there for a while, but, you got to step into that head honcho seat. Things change, so that's why I'm not settled on Ohio State, but I am definitely thinking Justin Fields is going to be electric. You know what? I think Justin Fields has got the juice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. No, that's that's going to become a meme for sure. <laughs>
1: it absolutely will. And I'm getting excited for this DraftKings thing, Woj. Well, you're you're going to be teaching me how to do this this season, and I'm going to make some money, eventually taking your money, find out what contests you're in, and take your money from you. But more importantly this weekend – we got some games. We got some games on the slate to get your wagers down, get some action on the books. You talked about it before. I think you said there's 57 games on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, 57 on Saturday. Not not to mention all the games that are on f- tonight, Friday, and then there's a game Monday and then or Sunday and then Monday. So plenty of games to bet on. Wall.
1: A lot of action. You got a lot of uh, FBS teams playing down a division, sometimes even two. So that's why you got the extra games this week. But um, there's some games I'm a little disappointed they're not in the books. I was looking forward to the Troy game, but they're off the books. But still, we got a lot of action on tonight. Colorado is giving Colorado State 13 and a half. I mean, this this is just insane to me. This this is a boom. Take it. Put the money in your pocket. The next day. Rocky Mountain Showdown, likely the reason the game's under 17 as far as what Colorado's giving. But Colorado State had three wins last year, Woj. Three wins. I mean, that's it's not a team that's respectable by any means. Um, last year when they played Colorado, Colorado won by 32. I mean, that's a that's a big score. That's putting up some points. Um, Colorado did get cold at the end of the year. I'm guessing that's what the spread's so low for. But uh, they covered their first four games last year so I'm I'm really liking this Colorado given 13 and a half
0: yeah I I agree I I don't know what the number is exactly or if it's ever happened but I was reading a stat earlier this week that Colorado I think is either undefeated in this contest or is on some ridiculously long streak where Colorado State's never won Uh, that's just depressing if I'm Colorado State going into that game every year just just it's a state rivalry, and I'm just depressed.
1: I have to agree with you. I mean, the Rocky Mountain showdown, more like the Rocky Mountain takedown, if that's the case, Woj. I'm going to have to go in the college football rundown database and check on it, but that that's not good for Colorado State right there. Michigan State, another game I want to talk about. They're giving 23 to Tulsa out of the American Athletic. This is something to look at. Again, I'm taking a different angle. People might not expect in this, but Michigan State, I – I think they're going to blow Tulsa out of the water. But the problem with them is they chew up a lot of clock. They run that Big Ten offense. Possession. Time of possession. They like to control the clock. So them giving someone 23 is a lot of points. This is definitely something to look at because they don't beat teams by a lot. It actually, if they won by 23, there would be their biggest win since 2017. You watch a lot of Big Ten games. I'm sure you've seen Michigan State play Woj. Do you see them, you know, beat teams by a lot of points very often?
0: Uh, no, not very often at all.
1: <laughs> no, and again, like I said, if they won by 23, it would be their biggest win since 2017. And also, they've only won by that much once in their first four opening games, which is generally like competition. So Michigan State giving 23 to Tulsa. I'm taking Tulsa. Give me the points. You know, they're going to probably get their butts whipped. But as long as they don't lose by 23, I put some money in my pocket. Another game I'm looking at this week, Woj, Georgia. My boys, Mr. Swift, given 21, maybe a hook, depending. The line's moving pretty quick, actually, against Vandy. Georgia, on the road. Last year in this contest, they won by 28. They were at home last year, which is a little different. they got to travel to Vandy this year. But 21, I think I'm going to have to take that, Woj. Highly unusual SEC East opening day matchup. The reason I'm going to take it is because I think Georgia's, they're just going to send a message to the rest of the SEC East that, This is their division. This is their division and possibly their
0: conference, depending on what happens with Alabama. Georgia has just been stuck in that little spot, right? You know, it's right on the tip of, Alabama's finger and you know you just can't get it off it's underneath the fingernail it just it just sticks there and George is pissed about it they want to be the opposite they want they want to crush Alabama they want to be the top dog in the SEC they've been climbing and climbing and climbing and just knocking on the door and knocking on the door and Alabama just keeps crashing it down at the end of the season so uh maybe this is George's year maybe it is
1: hey I'm thinking it might be and I think it's worth leaning on them but anyways they are going to send a message this game given the 21, I'll give it the hook too, if I have to, but another game, Oklahoma state minus 13 and a half at Oregon state, Oregon state. Are you kidding me? Wow. You guys got (laughs) to look into this game because Oregon state was, we're talking about how bad Colorado state check out Oregon state last year. Not very good. Something to look into. I don't know where I'll be at on this game. If I do anything, likely will Oklahoma state minus 13 and a half, maybe put a little on the over two, but jump into futures. You're talking about some Alabama players getting suspended Dylan Moses, the news dropped. He hurt. He out for the season, Moach. He's gone. Yeah. That, did that change the future at all? Well, it did not. It did not change the lines at all. They did not budge all day. I was watching them. I was expecting, because Alabama, if, if you're going to pick out a weakness in that team, it's it's definitely at linebacker position. And with Dylan Moses getting hurt, I mean, I thought the lines would change. They didn't change a bit. You want to get your money in, you better do it quick before they close for one. Also, I mean, I can't believe they haven't changed. So you've got Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever your team is, whoever your dog is in the fight, get your money on them quick because I can't see those odds not changing.
0: I haven't put my future bet in yet just because i, I it's hard for me to put money on any one of those teams. But we'll see. Uh, I, I actually do have a future bet out there, um, but it's not on any top team. It's just on my my normal University of Iowa future bet but. We'll see how that goes this year. That's just uh, that's more from the heart than from the brain.
1: But <laughs> that's gonna win us some money one of these years, Woj, and then we're gonna go live in Hawaii for the rest of our lives. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm hoping. Anyways, Wall, how did uh, how did you do last week on your Woj and Wall pick 'em?
1: Yeah, you mean the mock trial that didn't count? Is that what you're <laughs> okay?
0: About yes, Woj? it didn't count. Didn't count. Right, Nonetheless, I'll... I can still gloat. I took the victory. Wall again had the over in the Arizona Hawaii game. Um, or excuse me had the under in the in the Arizona Hawaii game and it definitely went over uh, by about 10 points and I had Hawaii getting 11 and they ended up winning the game and me and wall talked about last week about buying a lottery ticket I should have yeah, nevertheless Wall, who are you going with this week who's this is the one that counts this is big dog time this this is counting this week who are you going with Georgia?
1: Minus 21. Again, there was a hook possibly, but we're going to go at minus 21 because that's what it was when we're picking currently. So I'm taking the Bulldogs to take down Vandy by more than 21 on the road. You
0: know what? I'm uh, I'm riding those Alabama suspensions. Duke is a decent team. Uh, they're from the ACC. They're the number one team. I want to see them come out passing the ball, be – to try to throw some over the top on, on Alabama, as long as there's not too many turnovers, I think they can keep it pretty tight. I'm going to take Duke getting 33 and a half, which I think is a pretty good bet considering the suspensions in the first half, but we'll see how it goes. It is Alabama. They got players. they They have five-star recruits on the bench in their backup slots, So uh, I, I guess I can't say that, but uh, I'm taking Duke with 33 and a half.
1: That'll be a good game to watch. The game's at 2 p.m. on Saturday. It'll be a nice midday game because, obviously, we'll be waiting for the night game with Iowa.
0: Um, uh, We'll see how that goes, especially if see if Kellen Robinson can get some touchdowns. <laughs> Help your DraftKings team? Yeah, for sure. Woj, we should get into some fantasy
1: football because that's what a lot of the fans want, I know. But I kind of want to go over this week. Week one, I think your strategy is a little different. People may disagree with me. Maybe you disagree with me, Woj. But I think week one, you're looking more at your players' opponents. You want those players that are going to light up the other team. Coaches are going to put the other team in the ground. I think that obviously looking for the run-up score is important, but also looking for players that won't sit out. You want them to play the whole game. Before, you're mentioning Justin Fields. He's a perfect example, Woj. He's coming into a new system. They're going to run up the score. They want to get him used to this new system, so they're likely not going to sit him. They might sit him at the end, but they're not going to sit him early because they want to get him some touches. So I think week one, that's something very, very important to look at. Wide receiver is very important week one because you're not going to sit a wide receiver. So you get a wide receiver that's playing a you know, less than par defensive secondary They're going to be in the whole game. You're not going to have to worry about them sitting. They're going to get a lot more points than normal. So it's very important to look at that. Don't take risks with injuries. If you see that, we got the, what is it? What color is that flag? Red flag in our system,
0: right? Red flag, red flag, red flag flag of death.
1: Red flag of death. End of the year, I mean, you're down by a game in the standings to make the playoffs. You got to click on that red flag sometimes. You got to take that risk. You know your situation at that point. Beginning of the year, Avoid that flag. Do not click that red flag because you don't need to. You have other players that are going to play crappy teams and get you decent points. Don't take the risk week one. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail uh, right on the head wall. It's, it's 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 easy to get caught up on like, well, I got this really great quarterback or this really great running back. Well, guess what? If the score is 50 to nothing at halftime, your really great running backs getting no points in the second half. And sometimes sometimes that the points in the first half they got you are good enough but look at matchups and, and pick some good players some in closer games and and do it that way it's just a much better system and a way to look at fantasy uh, especially in the first couple weeks and and like you said too with the red flag and injuries if they're injured earlier in the season, they're less likely to play than they are at the end of the season. Think about that as well, because the games essentially don't matter as much.
1: That's a good point. Woj. You really, you really hit the nail on the head with it. Woj. I'm going to send the compliment back to you. (laughs)
0: Uh, A couple guys we wanted to look at this week. Uh, Just some, just for, so just some good ideas. Uh, Colorado running backs. So Colorado's had some pretty good running backs in the last couple of years. Uh, Phil Lindsay, Trevor McMillan, uh, pretty decent, good fantasy guys. I want to talk about they have two freshmen. Uh, Jaron Manigam is the one I want to talk about and, and go after. And then Alex uh, Fortnot is the – I guess he's not a freshman. He's a veteran. But he – I think this freshman is going to take his job. And I'm really interested to see how this goes. Uh, especially in that Colorado versus Colorado State game that we already talked about. I want to see what the carries are. This this freshman, uh, Jaron Manigam, is a four-star that lit up the spring game. 149 yards, three TDs on 12 carries, of all things, 12 carries. So pay attention to – I wouldn't say pick this guy up and play him this week, but pay attention to carries. See who's getting the carries there, and if Manigam is getting the carries, it might be a good pickup to pick up. Because I doubt he's taken in your leagues, so uh, just just a, something to keep an eye on. Probably not good for a full college fantasy league, but maybe if you have the Pac-12 in your your bunches of conferences, probably a good pickup.
1: Hey, what about the boy Justin Schroeder from Penn State, wide receiver, six foot four, 215 pound. Five star recruit. Yeah, I said Big wide boy. receiver. Yeah, not not offensive lineman, not tight end, just a wide receiver. I mean, he dislocated his kneecap before the season last year. Redshirted him, no question about that. Save him in a year of eligibility. For those that don't know, redshirt, if you put it on the first year you're at playing for a team and you don't actually take a snap, you get an extra year of eligibility. So technically rather than the four years, you get five years. That's what a redshirt is. But they redshirted him last year. Only three of Penn State's top eight pass catchers are back. They got to throw the ball to someone, right, Woj? You can't throw
0: it to your yeah. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, when you got a big target like that, it's kind of easy.
1: Yeah, you, you see him. He's kind of like, where's Waldo out there in the field? Oh, there he is throwing the ball. Boom, you get an attempt at least at a reception. James Franklin, nothing bad to say about him. As a good high school receiver, that <coughs> excuse me, Woj, as good as a high school receiver that I've ever seen. That's pretty high praise coming from James Franklin.
0: Um, You know how his system works, likes to pass it, likes to get the players involved, hype it up, and that is just a big receiver. I I see him popping off, and there's been a lot of talk coming out of uh, Penn State about him, so we'll see how good he is, and I think that he might be a a pretty good spot too. (laughs) What about your boy Jay Jets? I think we're going to bring him up too, right? Justin Jefferson down at LSU. Now, now this is something I would have never, ever, ever done for LSU. Because while what does LSU mean to you? What when someone says LSU and passing the ball, what, what does that resonate anything? Uh, maybe on a fake field goal or something like that. I yeah, I mean, a... they those guys used to just hammer the ball down. They looked like a big Ten team playing in the SEC or Wisconsin playing in the SEC. They would just throw the ball down, just hammer the ball in the, in the running back's hands, just straight up the gut. But guess what? Things are changing. Times are changing. Joe Brady and Steve, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, Esminger, Our Esminger is the new coordinator, offensive coordinator, and Brady is the new, get this, passing coordinator. I didn't even know that was a thing until this, but they are changing the system up there. They're going to go to a spread offense, of all things. And remember Joe Burrows is down there, the old uh, Ohio State transfer. Um, And Jefferson was his top target, has been his top target for a while. He had 54 catches last year for 875 yards, which is not a lot. Uh, that's two times as much as any other LSU wide receiver, by the way. But nevertheless, in, a, in the scheme of things, for your top receiver to only have 875 yards, still not a lot. So we'll see how this change develops. But uh, Brady is moving Jefferson as well from wide out into the slot. So we'll see how that works as well. Brady wants to get him more touches, wants him more into the action. So maybe some more of those crossing routes, getting him inside, maybe popping to the outside. We'll see uh, on the shorter routes how he does. But yeah, looking at that, we're just going to see how the offense runs this year, trying to go more of a spread. Uh, but Joe Bur or excuse me, uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson might be able to connect for a lot more this year, is what they're estimating down in uh, down in LSU in the swamp.
1: Well, I hope you uh, don't beat me to the waiver wire on that guy, Woj, because uh, you've kind <laughs> of sold, you sold him to be a good fantasy player. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, we'll see how
1: he goes. I don't know. It's it's going to be an exciting weekend, Woj. You've given me two things I got to do. I got to email DraftKings about including defensive tackles. Right, that's one of my <laughs> yeah, checklist things. Yeah. I can't remember what the all oh, the other one. I got to put out uh, milk and cookies for Santa Claus because he's coming on Saturday for Christmas.
0: Yes. Hey, uh, last thing is, last things last. Go Hawkeyes on uh, Saturday night. Let's go Hawks.
1: Go Hawkeyes under the lights. It's going to be exciting.
0: All right. This is the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And you can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. You can catch all of our podcasts and all of our information and get in contact with me and Walt on our website at collegefootballrundown.com. Uh, and feel free to drop us a line. We'd appreciate to hear from you guys. If if you guys want anything else in the podcast or, or we're doing good, just, just let us know. Uh, we, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, everyone have a great day, and we're out.